Welcome to the Elevate Your Brand podcast, where we help online coaches learn how to elevate their brand, become the experts in their industries, so they can bring in more clients and create a life they want. I am your host, Chris Anderson. And if you want to make a difference in the lives of others, share this episode, go over to Apple Podcasts and follow us there to leave a positive rating and review, and together we can leave a bigger positive mark on the world. Hey, welcome back to another recording of Elevate Your Brand. I am Chris Anderson, your host, and today we're going to be diving into how we can be better at sales and our sales process and everything else that you need to basically know about selling uh, with your small business starting out. So we're bringing on a great guest to talk about that. Um, today we got Gary Guyman, who is a business growth expert. He's an author. He's a public speaker. Uh, and he is with the Dominate Eight Partners, and he's going to dive us dive us into and dig into just our sales strategies, uh, just from his expertise. So, Gary, thanks for being on Elevate Your Brand today. Thanks for having me, Chris. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to this for sure. Yeah, well, I'm excited to dive into this. I, I think we can't practice enough at selling and our sales strategy within business. So, excited for the pointers and everything you give us today. But you know, what got you into you know, doing business, helping businesses, like what, what led you into that field? And I feel like, uh, it's been a culmination of everything in my life. Uh, as I, as I got it kind of into the workforce, uh, I got, uh, my first taste of sales when I was 19, I sold, uh, I sold lawn care and I started working for name of the company at the time was Chemlon. I think now they go by true green, yep. okay. uh, started working for them in, uh, and you'll appreciate this because we, we we live in the Midwest. I started selling lawn care on December eighth. Oh, great time to start selling. You got to become yeah. good then, <laughs> right? Yeah. Now um, I was nineteen years old, wanting to make money. I think I valeted uh, at night a couple nights a week on the weekends. Uh, did some other odd things here and there, but knew someone who was selling lawn care, and they were like, "Dude, there's some money here." Um, and at nineteen years old, like, let's try to get as much money as we can. <laughs> I happen to have a great sales manager who was a great teacher and he taught me some really valuable lessons that I carry on to this day. You know, things like listen, uh, listen a lot more than you talk. It's funny. I just got off of a sales call with a uh, prospect 40 minutes ago and I used uh, a technique that I was taught when I was 19. And uh, it basically is you ask a very provoking question, thought provoking question that makes them say yes or no. Cause at some point you got to hear the no. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you shut up. And the first person who, uh, who talks loses. And I'm pretty good at being quiet. Like I, I, I can handle silence. Some people can't, I can. And I like that uncomfortable silence because it makes the prospect think. And I was taught that at 19 and I just, I'm 50 years old. I just used it. <laughs> And it worked. It still wow. works. Uh, so sales is a combination of things. And I learned a lot of those things as we go. The number one thing in sales is solving problems, right? Mm -hmm. And you asked how I got started or how I got into this. Yeah. I got into this because I saw a problem, especially in the home service arena, um, companies that uh, service homeowners and property owners. I saw the problem related to individuals not understanding what selling is, nor really being exposed to it. A lot of times a home service brand is started by a guy or a girl who's a good technician mm. and they want to go do it on their own. They've never had to quote unquote kill what they eat. <laughs> so they think answering the phone and somebody telling them what they need 
and then them saying, yeah, I can do that is selling. And it's not, it, that, that's order taking. Yep. And definitely that's a part of the process. But for you to get to the level of revenue that you want to get in your business, like you have to have a sales process that converts and understanding that you provide solutions, the problems that people have helps you in sales. But what that means is you have to realize what their problem is. Yeah. So a lot of times, and this is the exact reason why I do this, a lot of times home service business owners think that the solution is their service. When mm. sometimes the solution is the result of their service, yeah. which makes it a little bit harder to sell because they're trying to sell this feature or this benefit when really it's an outcome, right? Um, what's the um, what's the old adage? It's uh, don't don't sell the the uh, nail, sell the mm. act of the hammer nailing the nail into the wood, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And so with that, understanding what problem solving is and being able to build sales processes around it. Um, that you can then convert your marketing into higher dollars, higher conversions, those kind of things. That's why we're here. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. And you, I, a couple things right there uh, that I just kind of took note on. Um, the first one is when you said and started and used it today, you asked that thought provoking question to get them to say yes or no. Why is that so important? You know, People, so it like in my business and similar probably to yours, people have a need for something, right? Mm -hmm. There's a need there and they're trying to align with, you know, if they're talking to you, they're trying to align with you and your company. If they're talking to me. They're trying to align with me and my company, everybody listening. Like when you talk to a prospect, they're trying to align with you and your company. And we all have core values that we, that we uh, do business by, live by, act by. And I'm very strong about my core values. And if a, a prospect doesn't meet the core value um, or they, they have a lack of something in their business that keeps us from being able to help them be successful, I'm very mm -hmm. open and honest at that level. Because number one, I don't ever want to chase money <laughs> and I don't ever want to chase prospects. Like we put out messaging, that messaging draws people to us. So thought provoking, in my opinion, uh, and in this sales process, is the part where that customer determines if they really do align with you or not. And, uh, and so for instance, in this situation, um, you know, the question that I asked them because, you know, they're wanting to get to a level two, three X their revenue mm -hmm. and it'd been stagnant for four years. Right. Uh, and sometimes this is a new customer too. Like they just started in business, but this, this applies to a lot of people that are stuck and they reach mm -hmm. out and my number one question that I ask them, because they're all like, I want to hire you, but I want you to do it my way. Right. That's kind of <laughs> like if you have a Mercedes and you take it to the dealership and you're like, hey, I want you to fix that. And I have no idea how you fix it, but I'm going to tell you how to fix it. Impossible. <laughs> right. Impossible. Right. right. But that's what that's what business owners do. That's what we do. Like we, we have an EIN. And so we think we know everything when mm -hmm. we really know some we don't know all. So my thought provoking question to this guy, and I, and I ask this a lot to customers, especially when they're stuck, do you want to be right or do you want to be, or, or, or do you want to have us help you get to where you want to get? Cause mm. you can't be both. Wow. That is a good question. 
and, and I struggle with this in my own life in many, many ways. Like I know what I'm really, really good at and I know what I'm not good at. Right. And I sometimes bet like push up against that ego as well. Like mm-hmm. go to my doctor. Hey doctor, I don't feel so good. Well, you probably shouldn't eat so much sugar. Come on doc. <laughs> you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Like, I can eat all the sugar I want. I know I can. Okay. Do you want to feel better or do you want to be right? And you got to add like, that is a, like, that's a crushing question in the sales process. And you know what? You have to be okay. If you're on the end of asking that question, you have to be okay with that prospect telling, you know what? I want to be right. And then understanding, okay, that's not the right fit. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. And I think that's, especially people starting out, that's a hard a hard thing, a hard position to come from is like you said, you don't want to chase money in your prospects. And so like being able to say, no, like you're yeah. not a good fit. Like, and, and at the beginning, like I said, it's, it's, it's hard for a lot. It was hard for me. Cause it's like, well, I, you know, revenue is nice. So uh, you want to eat. eat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like in the, in like for where I am now, like if you bring in someone just to chase that money or, or whatnot, like they usually end up being bigger headaches as clients. They will take more of your time. Yes. You'll make less money. You'll mm-hmm. not get the results. It'll just be a snowball of negativity. Yeah. And that's just not in one realm of business. It's in many realms of business. I, I don't I like I, I I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about acquisition. Um, and when private equity gets involved. And mm. what private equity does is try to shine a light on all the strengths. And um they look at the things that you do really, really well that produces uh, or that has high production value. So I, I went through a private equity um, exchange where I sold a business back in 2018 in the home service space. And they did exactly that. They were like, okay, your strength is customer acquisition. And then take getting, getting those customers to buy from you over and over and over again. But you focus more on the acquisition than you do on them buying from you over and over and over again, although you're really, really good at that. And so basically what they did was they took that piece of over and over and over again, and they basically put it on steroids Hmm. and took that piece of it that was like 30% of the revenue, 40% of the revenue, whatever that number was, it was somewhere in there, and they like 10X'd it. And in business... It's hard sometimes like identifying and knowing what you're really good at. Mm -hmm. But if you can and you focus on those things that you're really, really good at. And then you put people, teams, partners, vendors in place that do the other things that you're not good at. Yeah, that's how you can achieve levels of success. But like you said, it's hard starting out because you probably have limited resources. most of the time you have a lot more time than you have money. And so we're willing to exchange time to learn or time to gain when really time is the most valuable resource we have. Cause nobody's making any more of that. Right? True. Yeah. Money is a resource that you can create over and over and over and over again. Most of the time yeah. though, that's where people have the biggest problem. So they think, man, I'll trade you my time. Or I'll trade my time to try to learn this when their capacity to learn that isn't there. And all they do is put a cap on their ability to grow. Mm. And if you look at teams or you look at companies that don't have that problem growing, it's because 
They trust others. They utilize uh, partners. They have teams in place that can make stuff happen. They have key people that they count on to make decisions. And success leaves clues. And if you yeah. want to get to a level of success, like you match what that company or other companies are doing, it's amazing how it falls into place. Yeah. And, and again, it kind of goes back to where you mentioned earlier, like having that sales process, you have process and systems, you know, work, it can be duplicated. It can, you know, that's what's going to take you to the next level. And so, you know, with that, with a sales process, what is like kind of like a high, high level view of a, of a positive or of a good sales process look like? What does that flow look like? Yeah. So, um, a sales process starts with the communication with the customer. So like responding, uh, mm-hmm. if it's a phone call, answering the phone, <laughs> if it's an email or a text or a social media message, like having response that's quick. Now, if somebody, you know, communicates with you, it's the middle of the night, obviously you shouldn't be responding. But, you know, during business hours, our, one of our core values is we respond same day, but actually internally it's we respond within the hour. Mm. Um, and I do that because there's nothing worse than somebody having an inquiry or somebody having a question and it just hangs out there. I know that that annoys me to no end. So response is like the beginning of the process. And if you get response down and then you get down follow up, you'll Mm -hmm. beat people, you'll beat people to market. So, so we owned a um, exterior cleaning and Christmas light business um, for about five and a half, almost six years. And we would hear this all the time. Third day, fourth day of the sales process in our follow-up. And we followed up two, maybe three times by then. Hey, uh, I haven't even gotten a quote from anybody else yet. (laughs) So they've gotten a quote. We've touched them two, maybe three times. And no one else has gotten them a quote, right? Our speed to market was the key to our success with sales. It wasn't because we were lower priced because we weren't. Um, and, and Christmas light service is an insanely expensive service. Mm-hmm. So, so like you're not, oh, I'm picking you because of price. Um, it was speed and our follow-up. So if you look at your sales process, first thing, are you responding in a timely manner? And timely right. manner is immediate. If you don't respond, guess that, that customer is going to, Go back to wherever they started and pick the next one. Yep. Right? Google search, social media, like wherever that is. So response has to be immediate. Next is what is your ability to deliver the uh, the requested information? Mm. So a lot of times that's a price, a quote, an estimate. Um, and how you deliver that is just as important as when it's delivered. And what I mean by how is like, what does the packaging of your services look like? Okay. So yeah. in home service, for example, you have service A, that is your number one service, right? But you have all these other add-ons. And so what a lot of companies will do is they'll give line item options to clients. Well, they're not going to pick line items because they don't know they need them. But right. if you come back with bronze, silver, gold packages, and those packages have specific services in place, First of all, the human psyche, 50% of the time, they're going to pick the middle. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and they see the access to the services that they didn't know you had. And so it spurs them to want those services. So that's yep. the delivery. Then the follow-up is important. Look, sales doesn't start until you're here. No, it's all yep. order taking at that point. Right. Mm-hmm. And so having 
a follow-up process in place that touches that customer or that prospect consistently and continuously over a period of time. In the first 21 days after we delivered an estimate, we touched that we touched that prospect 10 times. Yeah, <laughs> phone call, email, text, and mail if it got to that. Um, if they didn't do anything in the 21 days, our next touch was at day 30. And then we kept touching them two to three times a quarter after that. <laughs> until they told us no. Or they told us yes. And then if they told us no, they went into another bucket where we stayed in touch with them. <laughs> right? Yeah. We would convert 7 to 10% of our clients in those other buckets six months or more down the road. Yeah. And that's, I think a lot of people give up just in that process of follow-ups way, way, way too soon. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I, we could even increase our follow-up process. Like, you know, just listening to what you just said, I'm like, okay, yeah, we could extend that even more. Um, but I think that's crucial because a lot of people don't buy on the first, on the right. first go round. Dude, podcast name, elevate your brand, right? Yep. If you want people to know about your brand, you have to tell them about it. Yep. You have to constantly be communicating it. Look, um, lead generation and brand are on the opposite end of the axis. <laughs> like lead generation is quick, right? Uh-huh. And brand takes time. Yep. Well, during your lead gen, you're building your brand. You're building your brand based upon what you tell people you are. Like people think brand is their logo and their colors and all that pretty stuff. Sure. That's like one <laughs> millionth of a piece, right? right? The brand is what people think about you and say about you when you're not around. Mm. And if they're not saying or thinking about you, they don't know about you. Mm-hmm. Right. So that process, lead generation, sales process, like all of that is in the brand creation, right? Yeah. Uh, Dominate Partners, like my logo, everybody's like, I love that logo. I mean, we created it to try to create memory, right? Uh, I'm a pretty aggressive individual, so Dominate is an aggressive brand, right? Kind of in your face. Yeah. And when we're at trade shows and stuff like that, um, you know, like my my background, is it looks, it looks like a graffiti wall, but the graffiti is actually like, all the marketing things you can, you know, the jargons and the terms and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, we may have a, a cloaked bad word in there somewhere, you know, <laughs> something like that, because we're in your face brand. Yeah. But when I leave, like I want people to remember it. So that, that's just one piece of it. But to customers and to prospects, like people want to get that. I, I want to do business by word of mouth and referral. Well, that's all about your brand. And if you're not delivering in the sales process and in the follow up, Mm-hmm. nobody's going to know who you are. Right. Yeah. I think it's huge. And I think, again, you have to have those touch points to, to for people to know about you and you right. have to be front of mind because there's so much going on that if you're not top of mind, it's going to get replaced. Yeah. Competitors will uh, take your place and they'll, yeah. they'll become top of mind. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Take your money. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Um, and it's, I think, kind of with that process you mentioned earlier too, that I wanted to dive in a little bit is when you're on the in the sales process, you have to understand and figure out what's the actual thing you're selling. You know, it's it might not be the nail, mm-hmm. it could be, you know, the, the, the feeling of security because that nail is going to keep your pieces together, you know, whatever that is, a true reason. And how, how important truly is that figuring that out? And that's the difference between success in sales and failure in sales. Like understanding 
what it is you're selling that the customer wants and, and or, or needs. It's all about needs and wants. A lot of times we get caught up on features and benefits. Like, you know, in the home service space, well, the people throw around the old, you know, I'm licensed and insured. Well, go look in every state. There is no such thing as like a pressure washing license or a Christmas light license. Like, you know, you can be registered in the state as a business. It's not a, it's not a license, right? Um, so, we, so we use that kind of stuff and then we'll be like, oh, well, my people my, my people wear uniforms at their, when they come to your house. Like they wear a uniform. Okay. Uh, <laughs> nobody's getting warm and fuzzy inside. Right. right? So I always tell people, okay, Think about the greatest chicken that there is on this planet, Chick-fil-A, right? Yeah. Why are they so great? Like, it, is it because the chicken is good? I mean, that's what makes people keep coming back, I'm sure. Yeah. But go get in their drive through and see how long it takes you because you're going to get in the drive through and be like, oh, my God, this is going to take forever. And then five yeah. minutes later, you have a bag of Jesus chicken <laughs> yep. and you are on your way, right? Yeah. It's the greatest experience in the world. And Chick-fil-A, mm-hmm. I found this out um, doing some study on True Kathy, the guy who uh, you know yep. started and founded Chick-fil-A. Yep. They would rent out stadiums to, te- to test their drive-thrus. Wow. And to train people on their drive-thru. Right? Huh. How many fast food restaurants do you think do that? Right? Right, exactly. Uh, zero. I, I'm, yeah. I'm, I don't even know the answer. I'm guessing zero. Right. right. But they want to make sure that your drive-through experience is head and shoulders above the rest. Um, to me, like going into a, a restaurant, going into a Chick-fil-A, I, like I don't mind it. Sometimes I'll like do the calculations. Going to be longer this way or longer mm-hmm. that way. And, and the only really re- times I go into a Chick-fil-A is when I'm traveling because okay, I, you know, I'm trying to be healthy and uh, <laughs> I have my wife watching me all the time. It's like, yeah, we're <laughs> but if we're traveling like, Hey, you know, and you make yep. that calculation drive through walk in, which one now walking in is a totally different experience because they want you to feel like you can have whatever you want. Um, and you, they want that experience to be a totally separate experience from when you're in the drive through. Right. Yep. And so they understand that, when someone comes to their restaurant, it's not just because they're hungry. It's because they want something quick and to be done mm-hmm. with this process. Yeah. Right. And yeah. that's really what they sell. Customer service and fulfillment at the highest level. Yeah. And that's what that's what they care about. I, right. I can remember it was like eight years ago. Um, and. My wife and I went to a Chick-fil-A for breakfast. It had just opened. And at the time, she was in the corporate world. She was a cosmetology trainer. And so it was a Saturday morning. I I own the home service business. And so our Saturday mornings went like this. We'd go to breakfast somewhere. She'd go to school to teach students. And then I'd go put out yard signs, do whatever to try to generate business that Mm -hmm. day, set up my schedule. That's what we did. So this day, we're going to Chick-fil-A. This, the restaurant opened at seven and we got there at like six fifty five, right? We go to the door and the door's locked. On the other side is a Chick-fil-A employee who probably had a really bad evening uh, or woke up with some stress because she was not in a good mood. <sighs> and I only remember this specific interaction because it was totally foreign 
to a Chick-fil-A experience, right? Because their job in creating their brand is when you think Chick-fil-A, you think customer service and interrupted ridiculous experience. And oh, by the way, chicken, waffle fries. Yeah. That's what you think about. And that's what they want you to believe. So in looking at your business, like what, how can you take those lessons? Cause I said, success leaves clues. Like mm-hmm. Chick-fil-A has never had a year where the revenue was less than the year before. <laughs> They've never had a year where they lost money. Wow. How many businesses can say that? Right. You know, yeah. revenue has always increased and they've never had a year where they didn't turn a profit. <laughs> Ridiculous. And the day that would be the most busy day for them, they're closed on. Yeah. And actually, it started out as a religious thing. Yep. But now their executives say the reason why they don't open on a Sunday is because it would crush, it would crush their ability to be able to fulfill the rest of the week. They wouldn't have enough product. Hmm. A, a Sunday would be three to four X of what any other day would be, and they would not be able to fulfill at the level of service they need to fulfill at. But wow. as a business, as other as other businesses and as business owners listening right now, we would say, you know what? I'll, I'll increase revenue by being open on Sunday, and that'll make me more money at the detriment of five other days of revenue. Mm-hmm. So what can you learn from that model? Well, number one, they figured out what people want more than just their product. Right. And it's the ability to, to get something quick and easy without hassle. Like they're, they're the only restaurant experience I know that has those three things in the delivery, quick, easy, right. without hassle, right? Yep. So how does your brand, how does your company deliver to its customers? I would say like, when we think about value, a lot of times we have two pieces of value that we, we lose, we lose sight of. And number one is speed. How quickly you deliver something. Think about it in your business, Chris. Yeah. You're talking to somebody and somebody and, and they're talking to someone else that's a competitor to you, whatever. <clears throat> First to market gets their attention. It doesn't mean they're gonna buy from you, but it gets their attention, right? Yeah. First to market. So speed. Next one is ease of use. Mm-hmm. How easy is it for someone to be able to do business with you? I can tell you, if I look back at our reviews from home service and even this company, people will tell us, man. The great things about your company is you do this quickly and you make it so easy for us to do this thing. Yep. And that's what you have to be thinking about. What values your company amongst your competitors? And then like put the hammer down on them because everything that you, everything else that you think is a value isn't a value to your customer. It's in your mind that (laughs) value, Uh but, until you get into your customer's mind and realize, okay, they want something easy. They want something quick. They want something that has no hassle. How can I deliver that? And then you yeah. begin delivering at that level. Your cost per tick, your, your, your per customer average is going to go up. Your closing rate will go up. Your referral rate will go up. Like all those things will go up because you're providing true value to your customer. Yeah, it's, it's, that's so right too. Cause like our clients, like we've, we've pulled them and surveyed them and stuff. And, and, a lot of it is you've made our podcasting process easy, our sales process easier because of the podcast. People are warmed up to what we're doing now and you take so much out of our hands 
and, and make it simple. That's the only reason we start a podcast. So like the simplicity is there, the the turnarounds there, and the quality is there. And so, yeah, I mean that's that can be further from the or that can be closer to the truth there. Like we can't get blinded by all the good things we've created in our product and miss like the true reason why people want it uh, because that that'll start if we if we don't look at the true reason people want to buy our thing we're going to start having a lot less our close rate is going to become worse because we're not going to understand we're not understanding the true reason of why people are buying yeah yeah absolutely that's awesome now you know another thing you know in the sales process that kind of you hear a lot about in our objections uh, with people. And I know a lot of those, you know, are, are just excuses a lot of the time, or we're not asking the right questions or we're not listening well enough as, as the person selling. Um, I mean, is that, is that the thing we just have to ask better questions and listen better to overcome those objections? Um, I, I, th- I think that's part of it. I, I think yeah. the other part of it too is, realizing when an objection really isn't an objection and it's more Mm -hmm. of a uh, kind of brush off or push Mm -hmm. off. Like I'd rather have somebody just tell me no. Right. Yeah, for sure. One of the worst objections, you know, especially when, when you deal maybe with uh, singular business owners or homeowners is like, I got to talk to my spouse. Right. Right. So like, for instance, um, you know, in the, in, in the, in the spaces that, that I own previous to this, like no dude is waking up in the morning and going, you know what? Um, my house is dirty on the outside and uh, I need to call a pressure washing company. I mean, let's think about it. Right. That comes into detail and that is a very non man thing to think about most of the time. There are some dudes obviously that are very detail oriented, but I'm talking about percentage wise, mm. right? My wife is the one that would tell me that, right? So if I do all, oh, honey, I'll take care of it, blah, blah, blah. I reach out to a company, be like, hey, I need this, blah, blah, blah. Hey, we can get you on the schedule, you know, next Monday. Huh, let me talk to my wife. Really, dude? Yeah, you yeah, don't exactly. need to talk to your wife. Right. She's the one that told you to do this, <laughs> right? So there's a not, usually an objection means there's another reason why they're telling you no. Yeah. Um. In the great movie, uh, The Boiler Room, Ben Affleck, when he is uh, in his training mode and he's got, you know, 20 telemarketers that are slinging fraudulent stocks, he's talking about objections. And he goes, you know, tell me you don't like my necktie, right? In other words, don't give me something that isn't true as to why you don't want to buy from me. Like, Mm. tell me why you don't want to buy from me. And that's really what an objection is. So as a salesperson, our job is to find out that that real reason. And I think that's a craft. I, there, there's some really good follows out uh-huh. in, in terms of individuals who do this really well. Like one of my favorites right now, his name is Andy Elliott. He's in the, he's in the uh, vehicle or automotive world. Okay. But he trains like sales teams, not only, you know, at dealerships, but insurance companies and, and, and he's a very he's a very number one impassioned speaker, but he's also very good. If you listen to some of his like sales calls that he that he mm-hmm. does for some of his clients, like the dude is really good at delivering value. Okay. okay, and then he turns that value around, and basically, don't you want that value? <laughs> <laughs> it's not what he says, but that's basically the gist of it, right? Yeah. So when you get an objection. 
Um, number one, you should have the primary objections that you get. Like you should have them until you have them memorized. You should have them written down somewhere so you can look at them with the with great rebuttals, right? Okay. Um, yeah. and then they should become just part of your talk off, right? Um, one of one of our best. One of my favorite objections was when they said to us, hey, I haven't even gotten another quote. And our rebuttal was, I can definitely understand that you're you're wanting to get other quotes. But let me ask you this. What does that make you feel about how they're going to serve you if you give them the business that has taken them long to respond to a simple thing of just giving you a price? Yeah. Oh, like how are you overcoming that? Right. Right. Um there would still be people that'd be like, well, I just want to make sure. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. Right. Uh, but then there would be people that would be like, you know, you ain't wrong. Like, right. You ain't wrong. Okay. Yeah. So you have to come up with, okay, what are the, and I would say like, pick the, pick five, the top five, have a great rebuttal. Don't be afraid to be direct. Like we're so afraid of asking those direct questions. I mean, that, that rebuttal yeah. that I just gave you to that objection, very direct. It's going to hurt somebody. In terms of, oh, that's oof, that's tough, you know? Right. But if you're not direct, everybody's just going to keep beating around the bush and you're not going to get any business. So with objections, identify your top five. Are they legit, right? And then get a rebuttal for it. The objections that aren't legit, like, hey, I can definitely understand you need to speak to X, Y, Z. You know, if it's a company, I get, to a partner, to this, to that, you know? What do you mm-hmm. think they're going to say? Like, what's going to be their number one stumbling block or number one reason why they, they don't want to do business with us? Like, what is right. that? Right. Yeah. And that person's going to tell you what their issue is, or they're just going to say, I don't know. I have to talk to them. So, like, you have to determine objection, legit or not. And those objections that are legit have rebuttals. And then the cra- it's a craft. Like, you have to constantly be practicing how to communicate what it is you do, who it is you mm-hmm. do it for. And how well you do it. And if you do those things over and over again, then then your sales process becomes a lot easier. Yeah, no, I agree on that. I think it's and that's the thing. And I think a lot of people, especially starting out, just haven't done enough either. They yeah. haven't done enough reps. Um, it's just like anything. Like if you're shooting a basketball, if you're, you know, throwing football, whatever it is, if you're golfing, like you have to practice, get better, and you're gonna have to do it a lot yeah. uh and, and tweak things every now and then, and then eventually, you know, you'll get to that par five and you're like oh okay i need to start with this club and then oh i I got in the rough okay i need to use this club to get out of there and oh i shanked that one too well that's my game at least i shanked that one too and you know so you got to understand what club to use when it comes to the position you're on and and so i think it's the same thing on sales calls with objections is you just got to know which which club to pull out of the bag and hit them over the head with i'm not just kidding but (laughs) which approach (laughs) approach with so you you ain't wrong (laughs) (laughs) right uh, but it is a process. And and Gary, this has been great. Um, you just dropped a whole bunch of value within this. And and I'm grateful for that. I think those listening, um, they're going to be better just from from this conversation, be able to take that away uh, and, and implement what you shared today. So thank you so much for that. Um, where can people connect with you best at uh, to find out more about what you're doing? Maybe they're looking for home uh, services, things of that nature, or just want to learn more from you. Uh, yeah, so I'm really, really active on Facebook, facebook.com uh, forward slash Gary Guyman. Uh, and then our website is uh, salvonow.com. So that's S-A-L-V-O-N-O-W.com. Salvo is a uh, 
French and German military term from pre-World War One, and it means the generals would yell salvo. It meant to shoot all of our guns right now. And I believe, you know, marketing and promotion, all, like you need to have everything ready to go. And, um, and, and that's why I have that as our, cool. uh, as our website, but salvonow.com or Facebook. And uh, love to interact, answer any questions you might have. Uh, I'm, I'm all about, look, not everybody's, going to be our customer or can be our customer, but I am interested in helping people change their lives. So if you have a question, something that um, is keeping you from success, reach out. Uh, I, I answer all my messages. I don't have anybody that does that for me. I'm not not that cool. Um, <laughs> I'll answer them and, uh, and hopefully I can, uh, I can give you something to, to help you. Cool. Awesome. Well, we appreciate it. Gary, again, thanks so much for being on Elevate Your Brand today. Thank you. And thanks so much for tuning into this episode today. If you found value at all from this episode, please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It just helps us get this show, these messages out in front of more people. And don't forget to share this with someone who you think could benefit from listening to as well.